Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Glendale Road Church of Christ podcast. You're welcome to join us anytime you're around. We are at 1101 Glendale Road in Murray, Kentucky. We meet for worship every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., followed by our Bible study at 10 a.m., and we come back every Sunday evening for a bonus worship hour at 6 p.m. Also, every midweek on Wednesday at 7 p.m., we have a Bible study. You'd be welcome to join us. We'll be sure to save a seat for you. Now, here's this week's sermon. Today's scripture reading comes from Psalm 118, verse 24, from the New King James Version. And if you would like to follow along in the Pew Bible, it'll be on page 951. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, or this is the day that the Lord has given us, and we can rejoice. You know, last Wednesday when I found out that Stephen wasn't feeling well and that I was going to be uh, afforded the opportunity to preach this morning, I started worrying. How many of that does that surprise you? Now I started worrying. But you know, not for the reason you might think. Not at all. I have been wanting to present a lesson, or this lesson, for some time. I am somewhat passionate about the concept. Some will agree with the concept, some will disagree, and you know that's just okay. I, I have a viewpoint that I would like to share with you this morning. But let me tell you about what I'm worried about. You know, I, there was a football coach some time ago that coached in the area here, and he didn't throw the ball very much. And I talked to him one time, and he said, you know, if you throw the ball, there's three things can happen, and two of them are bad. Think about it. You drop it, you get it intercepted, but occasionally you catch the ball. Two of them are bad out of three. Well, you know, when I started thinking about this lesson, and I started thinking on Wednesday, presenting it, I started praying to be able to do so. See, three things could have happened. A lot of things could happen, but three things for sure. You could have died. I could have died. Or the Lord could have come back. Three things could happen. Two of them are bad. So I've started praying. Now what's going to surprise you is my concept of which two are bad. Because you know what? It's all in a person's perspective of where they are in life, of which of those two are bad. So this morning I started thinking, or last night I started thinking, I started praying because the title of the lesson is today, What a Day, What a Day a Difference Can Make. What a Day a Difference. Today can make you don't have an idea about what could transpire today that would make a difference in your life or in mine. You have no concept because you have no idea what an hour from here might bring or two hours or three hours. We don't know yet. What a difference. Now, here's the thing. Five minutes could make a difference. If I'm worried about getting until today, I'm worried about getting until 20, until 10. 
scared to death the Lord is coming back. Scared to death the Lord is coming back. I just am. Well, Gary, aren't you ready? I am. That's not why I'm scared. Because I know people aren't. I'm terrified that people aren't. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing our invitation song right now. But you know what? Preachers get way too much criticism. And they get way too much credit. 99% of people that respond to the gospel come through the front door that day thinking about it even made up their mind that today's the day they're going to do it. So somebody possibly could have come here today already knowing I, today's the day I want to turn my life. Today's the day I want to confess Christ as my Lord. I'm going to do it today. Well, I'm not going to make you wait anything I've got to say for the next 30 minutes. We're going to sing an invitation song right now, the first one. And if you came here today, if you came here today, Gary, I've made up my mind. This is what I want to do. This is what I need to do. We're not going to wait because I'm scared to death by a quarter till the Lord will come back. And because there is every chance and every promise that that's going to take place. You don't know when and I don't know when, so I'm not taking any chances. If you'll turn in your books to page 494, we're going to sing from the book. 494. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on thee, my Savior and my God. Well, this glowing heart rejoice until its rapture's all abroad. Oh, happy bond that seals my vows to him who merits all my love. Let cheerful anthems fill his house while to that sacred shrine I move. Tis done, the great transaction's done. I am the Lord's and he is mine. He drew me and I followed on, charmed to confess and voice divine. Happy day, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. Today can be the day. I'm going to ask for you to please stand, the elders to come forward. And Derek, will you lead us in our first invitation song today? Oh, happy
Okay, don't get excited. It's not over. Now here's my here, here's another fear. We rejected him once today. We rejected the plea once. For some that are here, and by the way, if you're listening to it by radio or by YouTube or by whatever technology you are, if you have a question or if today you have a desire to study or if you want to make a response or if you want to talk to someone, if you'll call 270-753-3714, someone will pick up that phone. Someone will talk to you. And if you want to ask for me, that'll be great. I'll probably wait till after the lesson's over to respond. But if you have a question, if you say, Gary, yeah, today, after this lesson is over, you got me thinking, then please call. To, sounds like a televangelist, 753-3714. But you know what? If you're listening, that means you're interested. And I appreciate you being interested. Now, you know, there's lots of motivation for us wanting, for me wanting, the Lord's return. There really is. And I understand completely the desire of so many, all of us, that are welcoming, going to welcome that return. And there are various reasons. Miss Faye's with us this morning. Faye, I am so sorry. What a heartbreaking day yesterday. I am so sorry. And I know there's one more reason for you to say, hey, I, I'm ready to leave this world and go. And there's lots of reasons. And I want, to, I want you to look, because I want to give, I want to give credit. I, want, I, want, I have a clear understanding of what we're looking forward to. If you'll turn to Revelation 21, now if you're using a pew Bible, and it'll be a lot easier if you'll just pick up a pew Bible, page 1898, 1898 is where the reading is. And it's Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Page 1898, Revelation 21, 1 through 4. And the author says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and him their God. And look at verse 4 that I have read so many times at various funerals in order to give comfort not to the dead but to the living. And God, there is coming a day, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no sorrow. There will be no crying. And there will be no more pain for the former things in which we know now will have passed away. Job in 14.1, man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. So we weren't promised a life of ease. And we're looking for that day. 
And I hope everyone, and you know, we, we, we long, I, I long to see my Savior's face. Most of all. I think I, I think I do. If I know my heart, and I believe 90, no, I believe 100% of you do too. The question is, are we assured we're in a position that that is our future? Is it our future for eternity? But you know, the easiest thing for me to do today is to go. The greatest thing that could happen to me today possibly, (laughs) prayerfully, hopefully, is before that clock strikes 10 o'clock for the Lord to come back. What a day of rejoicing that will be. I believe it. I do. However, there's another side to the story that I try to temper. Turn to page 1803 in your Bible. 1803. And it's Philippians chapter 1, and I'll start in verse 21. Page 1803, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 is where I will begin. Page 1803. For to me, me, as Paul would say, To live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will be fruit from my labor. Yet what shall I choose, I cannot tell. Verse 23, For I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all of your progress and joy of faith that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Christ Jesus by my coming to you again. He knows, Paul would say, it would be better for me to go, but guess what? I'm going to stay. You know, last Wednesday, or really last Thursday, when I was tying this lesson all together, and you go back to the football coach and said two things could have happened. You die, I die, or the Lord's return too good, too bad, depending on what perspective. If I died, it would be good. If the Lord returned, it would be good from my perspective. But I know for the world's perspective, that's not the truth. I asked Dan Davis, hi Dan. I asked Dan Davis Wednesday night, just off the cuff, 
or a couple of Wednesday nights or three or four or five ago. I said, Dan, let me ask you something. If the Lord returned today, would it make a difference for a lot of people in Romania? Because I know how familiar he is with Romania. He said about 20 million. About 20 million. You see, I've never heard a missionary pray for the Lord's return. I've never been in the middle of a Bible study and prayed for it. You know why? I pray for one more hour. Lord, give me one more hour with this person. Give me five more minutes. Think about it. Is my ease sooner, is my reward sooner worth the soul of someone who's not ready? Is my desire worth, and I looked it up, Dan, there's 19 million, I think 988,000, buddy, you didn't miss it by much. Made the statement about a couple of weeks ago to one of our missionaries, will be here this year. I just flippantly said, well, maybe the Lord will come back. Oh, Gary, don't say that. Don't say that. There's much work to do. And that's why today is so important. A lot of things in the Bible we have to worry about or we have to wonder. And we can discuss we can even argue. We can even study in this angle and that angle and maybe not come to the same conclusion. But let me tell you what we can come to the same conclusion about. Something that is probably about the most important thing that we need to understand. Number one, that there's going to be a return of our Lord. But I want you to look on how loving and patient how loving and patient and how thankful we should be to our Lord for his putting off the return you know when you think about loving somebody, when you think about caring about, when you think about putting the whole in perspective, I would think, if my family were going on a trip and everybody that was there to get on the plane, and one wasn't, everybody was there but Leah was missing, what would I say to the pilot? Oh, it's going to be a great trip, and this is where we want to go, and that's what we're going to do. Wait, don't take off yet. Don't, please, wait. Where's Tara? Where's Keila? Wait. Don't take off. Probably wouldn't be successful. And there's going to be a day that I'm not going to be successful every morning when I say, pray, Lord, just one more day. Just one more day, please. Page 1863 
in your pew Bible, 1863. 2 Peter 3 9. You know, I've always said, and some agree and some don't, and there's a, there's a, there is a, a really complicated relationship among the deity. Um, I have a clearer mind than that, and you do not have to agree with it, but I still have a pecking order, as I've told my Wednesday night class a couple of weeks ago, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And I see them as separate entities, although I understand the complexity of the nature of the Trinity. But you know, there's just a couple of things Christ doesn't have the power to know or to do that I can think of right offhand. He was asked about being able to sit on the right or the left of the Father, and Jesus said, it's not mine to give. Then there's another thing he was asked. When are you going to return? When is the return? No one knows but the Father. Not even me. Now the question is, why? Why wait? Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not so slack concerning His promise. He's promised to return. The Lord's coming back. As some count slackness but is long-suffering toward us, or patient. And here is why. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You don't ever have to wonder why God's given us one more day. It didn't because he doesn't want to gather his children home. Can you think how wonderful a day for God that will be? Except one more day could mean one more soul. One more day could mean one more response. One more day could mean a new brother in Romania or India. And here's something else. See, I've been afforded something. I was afforded a day in 1960, I think it's 68. I was given that day. At one time... At one time, every baptized believer, Christian, here today, was not. You weren't. There was a day of decision. There was a day of confession. There was a day that you were afforded, that God blessed you with. Why would I pray for any less for someone else? Page 1808, page 1808 in your pew Bible, it is Colossians 1, verse 21, I will begin. 
page 1808, Colossians 1, verse 21, I will begin. And you once were alienated and enemies. Let me tell you, speaking to us, speaking to me, Gary, you were once alienated and an enemy. In your mind by wicked works, yet now you are reconciled. Or he is reconciled in the body and his flesh through death to present you to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel in which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I was afforded the opportunity to respond to the gospel, and I once was lost. And I pray that every human being is afforded the same privilege to respond. Today could be your best day. You know, if I were to ask you, and I watched the NFL draft last, the other night, and... That was a big day for a lot of people. And I will see individuals interviewed on TV, mostly after a sporting event. And someone will say, well, and the response will be, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Greatest day of my life. Won the Super Bowl. Greatest day of my life. Really? You must not be married. If you are, you're in big trouble. Well, you must not have children. If you do, you're an idiot. Because there's better days than winning the Super Bowl. What's your best day? And if you ask me what my best day was, and I tell you, it's the day that Lee and I got married, I'm an idiot. If I tell you it's the day that Tara or Keela were born, I'm an idiot. If I tell you it was the day that one of my grandchildren were born, I'm an idiot. And I stand before the Lord and say, I'm sorry. The best day of my life was when I confessed Christ as my Lord and was baptized Somebody ought to say amen. David? The best day of someone's life is the commitment, the commitment when it's made to the Lord to live faithfully to Him for eternity. Let me tell you what brought that to mind this past week. Thursday morning, I sent a note to Josh McKeel. It was April 27th, Thursday morning, if I've got this right. And on April 27th, 1997, wasn't quite as good a day for me as it was for Josh, but I was able to baptize him. April 27th, 1997, so I sent him a note. Happy baptism day. All I got back was, 
Very well put. Thanks, Tiger Man. It's his greatest day. And I looked. I thought, you know, I wonder about 1997. Because I thought, what if the Lord had returned on April 26th? What if the Lord had returned on April 26? Josh's best day on the 27th became his worst day on the 26th. Let there be no misunderstanding. Your best day today could turn into your worst day. I got real concerned about 1967. I just looked at 67 because I knew I was baptized in 68. You know, March 23rd of 67 was Gary Lamb's best day. The 22nd could have been his worst. Johnny Garland, Ronnie Garland, Kathy Rowlett, Wayne Hopkins, Ronnie Colson, Tommy Colson, Marvin Boyle, Mike McCage, Tommy Parrish, Leslie Houston, Mike Morgan, Steve Steele. Alan Jones, Randy Shelton, Paula Pointer, Julie Greenfield. I bring up these names because these are my contempts. These are my temper, uh, my age. This is when we were all facing the decision that so many face. Jerry Howard, Mary Beth Hayes, Brenda Russell, Hugh Farley, Nick Ryan, 1967, August. Beverly Rogers, Marilyn Parks, Cindy Parker, Martin Wells. You know that March the 16th of 1968 could have been my worst day because I was baptized on the 17th. Ricky Darnell and I responded on the 17th of March, 1968. Ricky was killed in an accident our senior year, two years later. March 16th could have been his worst day. Rhonda Garland, June 2nd. Randy Wright, David Wright. Susan Adams, Bill Adams, June 16th. Steve Herndon, Brown Crouch. All of them afforded a good day in 1968. But you know, show you something. How many of you remember Paul Matthews? Marilyn, Joe, where are you? How many remember Paul Matthews? Anybody? From Seventh Poplar? Paul Matthews was our minister at Seventh Poplar, and I believe from 1958 to 1963, there was a gospel meeting announced, and this was from the bulletin prior to the gospel meeting to begin June 20th and go through June 25th. 
Now, that meeting was advertised, and thankfully, the Lord did not return on June the 19th. Because you see, the next week's bulletin read as follows. We have just completed one of the best attended gospel meetings we have had in recent years. The average attendance was 419 at each of the seven services. Brother Paul Matthews was at his best. His lessons were well prepared, dynamic, simple, relevant, and true to the book. Indeed, it was a revival. Baptized. Tracer Walker. Francie and Georgia Elkins. Connie Lines. Mrs. Marjorie Beal. And Mr. and Mrs. Buster Evans. What do you think, Paulette? Good day, wasn't it? Lord, I'm thankful today that you didn't return on the 19th. There would be much rejoicing, and there will be much rejoicing today upon his return, but there would be much sorrow. I sent another text yesterday. Anybody get a text from me yesterday? Robert, did you expect it? Happy baptism day, Robert. See, Bob was baptized April 29, 1981. Best day. Sorry, Catherine, but his best day. What could have been his worst day would have been April 28th of 1981. One day can make a big difference in one's life. One day can make a big difference in eternity for someone. And today may be your day. Today is the most important day that you have. Yesterday we can't do anything about it, although I can sure fret about it. And tomorrow I'm not sure what you're going to do. Today could be your best day ever. Or it could be your worst. Your choice. Your choice. You've rejected him once. Don't tempt him. I'm praying as hard as I can to give one more minute, one more hour, one more day, one more year. One of these days, that prayer will be said, Gary, I'm sorry. I've waited as long as I'm going to wait. Well, Gary, I've been baptized. I, I, I am a baptized believer. Are you comfortable? Are you confident? Are you looking forward to the day? What I'm asking you right now is if you cannot look forward to that being at 1015 today, if you can't, then make the choice, do whatever it can take 
for you to be comfortable. Haven't lived the way that I should. None of us have lived the way we should, but do you need the prayers of the congregation? Will that let you leave here in full confidence? We're going to sing hymn number 944. We will have slides for this. Simple song. What will your answer be? What will your The greatest thing, the great, one of the greatest things about preaching, about me being able to be here today, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I can feel guilty about anything. I really can. I can worry about anything. I can be guilty about anything. But what I don't want to do is leave this pulpit and ever, ever feel bad about, Gary, what did you leave on the table? What did you leave a misunderstanding? What did you leave? Let there be no misunderstanding. The Lord is returning. He will reward the faithful in Christ and He will reject those that are not. There is no misunderstanding. And I would love to preach to you that everybody in this world is going to be saved. That there are going to be no lost. If I believed it, I would preach it to the housetops. But that is not the case. Don't you tell the Lord ever, Gary didn't tell you. Never can anybody say, Gary, I wish you had told me how serious it was. I wish you had told me that time was going to run out. I wish you had told me. Were you shy? I'm not. Not about this. I'm getting too old to be shy. I don't know that I'd preach this sermon at age 40 or at age 30. But I'll preach it at 67. I'll preach it at 68. I'll preach it again at 80 if I'm allowed to. Because time's running out. And all I want to do is stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I didn't do much good there, but I, I didn't dodge it. And not one of you will be able to say you weren't told. Not only from the Bible, but from the pulpit. So today, for the second time, reject Him or accept Him? Your decision.